Welcome to the Touching Into Presence podcast. This podcast is for people who are interested in body work, empowerment, and somatic-based practices. I am Nikki Olson. I'm Andrew Rosenstock. We are certified rolfers. Collectively, we're trained in various movement and bodywork therapies with an emphasis on somatic awareness and client resilience. Through conversations, our goal is to share and explore mind-body paradigms to offer empowerment possibilities. We are fortunate to be in conversation with Taro Iwamoto today. Taro is a Feldenkrais practitioner based in Lake Stevens, Washington, with years of experience in movement fields, including physical therapy, athletic training, and martial arts. He works with people with physical challenges, as well as curious learners who want to learn more about how their bodies move. Taro's professional career and personal experience have taught him to slow down, be mindful, be present, and pay attention to himself. And he's passionate about sharing his knowledge and skills to help others move through the world, physically and emotionally, with a sense of ease, comfort, and freedom. Our talk today is about the Feldenkrais Method and how Taro works with it. We'll also have Taro lead us through a guided exercise, which is really nice. I enjoy Taro's presence and how he teaches these practices. There is something so welcoming and calming in him that makes me feel comfortable from the get-go. We hope you feel the same. So with that, let's begin our talk. Hi. Hi. Hey, Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Hey. We were just vibing on Japan and how awesome Kyoto is. Cool. Sure. Nice city. Yeah. So tell us a little about, um, about Taro and uh, about Feldenkrais and how, how the, that marriage came to be. <laughs> okay. I tried to be, uh, tried to be short and simple. Uh, so my background is, uh, professional background is in a physical therapy and athletic training and I came to the states from Japan um, and uh, with an experience of a lot of movement uh, rugby lots of sports and martial arts boxing kickboxing and I came to the states and study athletic training and became an athletic trainer and I started working uh, in a college and uh, mostly doing this injury prevention program and then I move on to physical therapy and working in a physical therapy sports medicine setting. And that through my coworkers at that time, physical therapists, and I was introduced to Feldenkrais method. At that time, really focusing on movement, re-education, re, uh, neuromuscular re-education, working with very active population. So naturally, I was very uh, drawn to that. Feldenkrais method and lots of movement uh, re-education. So that's how I um, got into the Feldenkrais method the first time. Where were you studying? What part of the country were you in? I am, uh, so I'm in the United States in Seattle, just outside of Seattle, Washington. And um, so is that where you did your, your studies? Your physical yep. therapy studies and learned about Feldenkrais? Athletic, right. Athletic training and then the Feldenkrais uh, training is, uh, yeah, I did my Feldenkrais training in Seattle, four-year training. Yeah. So, um, and 
that's how I, yeah, it's been, I've been certified since 2018. So not, it's only a couple of years, but I've been in this uh, field and physical therapy, athletic training and the health profession for quite a few years since 2004. Do you, do you, in your experience, do you find a lot of PTs are open to Feldenkrais or is that, are you one of the rarer exceptions? Um, it is really hard to say. I do hear mixed uh, opinions and or the mixed uh, feedback from other people. Uh, but me, I've been really fortunate and really good colleagues and physical therapists who very, uh, very curious and to learn about the Feldenkrais method. So as I started taking classes and the training, and I, I was so excited to share what I learned with my uh, coworkers. And so I did in-service and share and doing a lunchtime, and they're all excited. And we, everybody started to kind of use and incorporating some of the movements, ideas that I brought back in. And um, But I so personally, I have not had a lot of difficulty incorporating or working with other physical therapists and they're very respectful of uh, other disciplines and, and they're very open-minded and but at the same time I do uh, another uh, physical therapist who is in a training too and mm -hmm. in my training and she did have a little bit of difficulty I guess uh, and struggle to how to to bring it into her physical therapy uh, mm -hmm. practice. So uh, it is hard to say, but from my personal experience, I, I have not had too much trouble or difficulty. Yeah. 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 I think it's from my perspective, which correct me if you see differently, I think it's nice to actually blend in a way or not blend, but you have a physical therapy, which can be a very young practice, a very strong practice, um, which has its merits. And you have Feldenkrais, which is a little more of a yin, a slower, a more... Um, um, a gentle can be. I mean, PT can be gentle, but it's a nice. I didn't know you were a physical therapist before, and I can see how it gives you more um, options and, and more tools in that. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you. You have to really know the limit and mm. scope of the practice in both ways, and because the both disciplines, they're two different disciplines, and then they both have a. Uh, benefits and uh, advantage and disadvantage and as you have to know the limit and so understanding that um, then I think there are the parts from the Feldenkrais method that can be applied to physical therapy and vice versa and we can learn from others and but yeah when you're coming into the with the mindset of one is better than the others then always it's going to be a there's going to be a conflict mm. right yeah. yeah so I um, I had very good, clear understanding of the difference between physical therapy, how they can also um, be blended together, but also at the same time, there are two different things. And so mm -hmm. I try not to mix them. Yeah. How do you see the the evolution of Taro? Uh, so you've been doing, you did been PT for a long time and you've been doing this Feldenkrais. Uh, where do you how do you see, or what is it you're passionate about kind of growing in, in coming up with you now? Yeah, so the Feldenkrais method is, uh, 
So people talk about the mind and body, mind-body connection. And uh, so the Feldenkrais methods, to me, really bridge the gap between the mind aspect and then the body aspect and, and how they actually function together in, in really concrete way and through that ex- actual uh, physical experience, which is a movement. And you hear that in uh, the martial arts and any other mindfulness practice and other disciplines and talk about the, how the mind is connected to the body. But in the Feldenkrais, you actually experience that, how that patterns and change through the change in movements and through working with the movements, you can see how the patterns of thinking, sensing, and feeling, and then the moving, they all evolve together. And so that really opens up my mind and about, and so that's, and definitely not the same as a physical therapy. Physical therapy is mm-hmm. and definitely, yeah, working with the physical aspects and, impro- and promoting and improving the physical aspect of the being. But uh, Feldenkrais method is, of course, and it looks at the both aspects at the same time, but you don't really separate them because you work with the one person, then that you re- uh, realize that there's really no separation between the psychological well-being and then the physical well-being, they always influence each other. And that's, mm. that's really, really what I like about it. It's not limited to, oh, okay, I'm going to work with your body. <laughs> right? mm. I'm working with a person. I'm working with a human being. That's really, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I think on that, one of the other reasons I want to have you on, I thought of you, is that I wanted to share with people that listen to us that maybe aren't as familiar with Feldenkrais. So I thought, let's... um. If it's cool with you, let's like let's dive into a a, a practice, uh, and I can I can go along with it if you, if you'd like, um, or or I can just listen to you uh, up to sort of you. But why don't we share a practice so people can understand that body mind? Does that sound cool? Yeah, that sounds very cool. Yeah. Cool. So, um, for what I'm going to guide people through right now is uh, you're going to be sit in a chair. Okay. Sit in a comfortable chair, firm chair preferably, and um, probably not the couch too soft, just to find the chair, regular chair, and you're going to just to take a seat and sit on the front edge of the chair. So you're not resting, leaning against the backrest. Okay. So just to take a moment to just to find the chair and then sit comfortably. Okay. And once you sit down and just sit comfortably, meaning that just because now I'm guiding you through the movements and you are sitting and you're probably very aware and of your sitting posture, but don't change it. Okay. So just to sit comfortably and then close your eyes, please. Close your eyes. And Listen very carefully, move very slowly and gently because that you're going to pay attention to quality of the movement. So the first movement I'm going to ask you to do is gently, very slowly, turn your head to the right and not to the absolute limit, but gently turn your head to the right and then notice the moment that movement becomes a little bit difficult, okay? Not necessarily discomfort or the stretch, Okay, and then notice where that is, and then bring your head, return your head to the starting point. Okay, and take a pause. And then you're going to turn your head to the left side. Again, listening to the quality of the movement, and when the quality of the movement changes, when does the movement become difficult? 
Again, not necessarily looking for pain, discomfort, or stretch. Okay, so notice the difference between the right side and the left side. And return your head to the starting point. Okay, and you can open your eyes if you want, or you can keep your eyes closed, it doesn't matter. And you're going to put your hands, take your hands and put it on your sternum. Okay, both hands. So, just softly, so you're not pressing, compressing, just lightly put your hands on your sternum somewhere and in front of your chest. And then gently, you're going to use your hands and gently guide your chest to turn to the right. Not too far, just gently use your hands to turn your chest. Okay, and then slowly use your hands and bring your head, uh, bring your chest back to the starting point. So repeat this movement slowly, only to the right side though. Okay, so use your hands. So with your hands, you feel your sternum, feel your chest, and feel how your chest is turning to the right. Several more times as you repeat the movements, and now you pay attention into your ribcage, front, your back, and notice how your ribcage is moving. So feel, visualize the ribcage, how they're moving. And notice your shoulders, right shoulder, which direction is it moving? As you're guiding your chest to turn to the right, and notice how the right shoulder is begin to turn and move backwards. And what happens to the left shoulder? Notice how the left shoulder is moving forward. Okay, so same movements, but now you shift your attention to your spine, your thoracic spine, the spine between your shoulder blades. Just visualize and feel the spine. How is it turning? And can you sense the movement taking place? Which directions is it turning? Maybe it is obvious to you, or maybe you didn't even pay attention. Now that you're paying attention, you begin to notice that, that your spine is turning to the right. And now shift your attention to your neck. And notice your neck is also turning. If the neck is turning, what is happening to the head? So feeling that connection as you're moving, guiding your chest to turn to the right, and how is that part of that body, your chest? Is it connected to your spine, your thoracic spine, your neck and the head? How is it moving? Right? Really simple. Really simple. And then, now you take a pause and put your hands down, rest your arms, just rest in the middle. So the Feldenkrais movement lesson, it's a guided, verbally guided movement lesson, is called awareness through movement. There is a reason why it's called awareness through movement, because we are guiding your awareness, and you're becoming, we're helping you and students to become aware of yourself through movement. It's not the other way around, okay? So that's why you use the movement as a means to, to change the functions, to change an awareness. Let's do it again. Put your hands on your sternum and starting to guide your chest to turn to the right, slowly, same uh, to the right. Yeah, same directions. 
And as a teacher, my job is to guide your attention awareness. That's why I'm using verbally guiding your attention to a different place. So pay attention to your spine again. And as you turn in your chest to the right, now you notice you became aware of the thoracic spine turning, your neck, your cervical spine, your head is a turning, participating with this movement. And but if you pay attention to that spine down into the lower and the lumbar spine. And can you sense that movement is actually spreading down, further down to yourself, to the lumbar spine, or are you holding it? Is there any movement taking place in your lower back, lumbar spine? And you may notice that you are actually not moving much to the lower back. And can you just allow that movement to spread down through your spine so that lower back, your lumbar spine is beginning to participate and become part of your chest and begin to turn a little bit. Not so much that you are really trying to twist your back and turn, but allowing the spine, the lower back to fall along with the rest of the body. So there's really not much effort. You're just becoming aware of the parts that you've been, you didn't even notice that before. And then you can allow that part and to participate in the movement. So as the lower back, your lumbar spine, and begin to participate in this turning, now you pay attention to your pelvis. And do you notice the pelvis is turning? So as you turn in your chest to the right, and notice what happens to the pelvis. Is the pelvis also turning? Then if it is turning, then you pay attention to your knees. So the chest is turning to the right, and that turning begins to spread down to, the, to your low back, and the pelvis is beginning to turn to the right. And what happens to the knees? Notice the right knee is moving backwards, and then notice the left knee is moving forward. So becoming gradually more aware of that connection so that the turning is actually spreading out through not only your chest, your low back, but also down to your pelvis and hips. Okay, so feel that connection through that simple movement of the turning. Then what happens to the head? Well, head is turning as well. Okay. And you now come back to the middle. Okay, and then you can rest your hands anywhere. Okay, so just remember the very first time I asked you to turn your head to the right side, that quality of the turn in the head. Go ahead and slowly turn your head to the right side and notice how your head turns. And notice the difference in the quality of the turn in the head. And then just compare to the, the, to the left side, turn your head to the left side, notice the difference. There is a very different quality to turn your head to the left side, right? <laughs> so here's that, a little sample of the movement, right? So you can see even within that short period of time, you can change, you can sense the difference, right side and left side. The reason why that I, I guide you through only the one side, and so that you can really feel the difference between the one side to the left side. It's really not about the stretching the muscles, obviously, right? It's because you didn't really stretch the muscles. But what has changed is that brain now learn the different patterns 
And it's that sternus to make that connection. So the head is related to the neck and the neck is related to the chest, your entire spine, including your pelvis and hips, right? So all of a sudden, without even thinking about it, that the, as you're starting to turn your head, that connection, it now emerges and the movement becomes easier. So, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I love these sort of practices. And I, I, as I sort of mentioned earlier, I think before we started the talk recording uh, was, I like, I enjoy the way that you come at it. I think there's something very nice about your approach here. You have a very nice, gentle nature about you. So I think that for me, that, that helps it land a little easier. This comes off very soft, but I feel my right side, when I turn my head to the right, it, I mean, it feels like it can almost even just come off. And now when I go to the left, it's like, <laughs> right. yeah. it's like broken even more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Nikki, how about for you? I don't know whether, if we can get the sound all right. Um, no, I thought, I mean, those those simple exercises are always so profound because it's, I mean, there is so much truth to when you take time to build the relationships, even if you have the relationships, but, you know, we get busy and we forget that, that you find greater ease. And I wanted to mention, um, and, and this might be just situational of the PTs that I know, because I've met a handful of PTs, mostly through going through Brawl Institute courses and such, but um, I feel like, again, totally maybe situational. I might be giving a very broad stroke to the profession, but it seems like PT physical therapists are kind of leaning a little bit more into the mind body realm because the traditional exercise prescription isn't working. And I think there is kind of, I mean, there is great success in some aspect, but with the long, when people have developed chronic pain and with the chronic pain there becomes a story and they're searching for the PTs that have the answers because the way the, the medical modality is right now doctors prescribe physical therapists physical therapists are supposed to have all the answers and if you don't have the answers then you get to go have surgery so I feel that especially with the the PTs that I know that are really invested in their clients to not have them go under the knife that they have really created a, a nice tool bag with, and some of them are with these mind body practices. So I feel, do you, Tara, do you still do physical therapy? Or yeah, I do. Yes. Uh, I do home health. Uh, home, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it might, it's my um, broad stroke to the physical therapy world accurate. Do you feel that PTs are I, starting to, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. The people talking more and then uh, recognizing that you can't just treat the person in as a, as a machine and fixing mm -hmm. something and you can, and you have to look at the whole aspects because that affects, right. The psychological aspect and affects the physical aspect. And I think the people are um, understanding that part. And then, so they, um, even in outpatient physical therapy, people, patients come in with the chronic pain, but I think they're more, uh, they're talking about all the other uh, elements of their life and not just focusing on fixing 
the parts and right and so yeah i i do see that they they're talking more that mind body aspect and certainly yeah and how was how was the practice for you nikki i did see you had to get up because of the the kids at one point yeah my dog was barking quite a bit uh, um no i thought the practice was great it's interesting because for sure i really want like you kept on having us go to the right go to the right go to the right and i was like feeling a little agitated i was like okay but i got that i want to go left now and um but it was again great lesson to take the time to sync up all the pieces from crown of the head all the way to the feet because then when i went back when we did the post you know stretch looking to the right i had great ease and that you know the one little irritation that i was feeling and my neck wasn't there anymore so um so yeah it was like you give you give a nice gentle tug throughout the whole system then that, mm-hmm. that little isolated annoyance <laughs> goes away <laughs> right and then the trick is that you don't become fixated on achieving something you gotta let go of adjust the uh, judgment okay you may have okay i'm gonna fix this one or i'm gonna be able to accomplish this one and you let that go and you really stay with your body and then pay attention be present and then notice what happens afterwards right and things always change it's always change yeah yeah sweet well i'm super grateful for this this time with you uh and i'm really happy to share this out with uh the people who who listen because i feel like there's a lot to learn and the what I'll recommend for them and correct me if I'm if I'm mistaken they should re-listen again to the exercise but just reverse the everything over to the to the left side yeah might be a good idea that might be a good idea but I you know I often I often uh tell my students well they they often ask should I do both sides and do they both sides need to be equal uh symmetrical not necessarily. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes I do the lesson only on one side purposefully, not to irritate them, <laughs> not to annoy mm-hmm. people, but uh, to do it so that uh, you're really leaving the nervous system a chance to assimilate that information because it's such a contrast between the right side and the left side. Okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you leave that and then notice what happens after a little while and you notice and keep noticing the difference and ease and ease and moving in one direction. And there is that difference and the nervous system starts to organize itself. And, and then, so that it's actually started to carry over to the other side. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have similar in rolfing. We'll have sort of similar that, that, that at least how I was taught during my studies is sort of that the body, the nervous system is smarter than we think. And, it starts to integrate sort of as soon as we, we we do sort of one side, the other side slowly can start to integrate can, more and right. figure figure yeah. Yeah. So that's that's I said I understand that ours to do and feel symmetrical and then wanted to do on the both sides. Yeah, I said why not do both sides? And but yeah. and sometimes and let that let that go and then just be willing to to experiment with feeling so offsided and or so asymmetrical and be okay with that and play with it don't get frustrated it's fun it could be fun right yeah uh, so anyone listening i'll say 
wait at least an hour. And if you keep walking into walls because you're completely <laughs> turned to one side, then maybe do again. Otherwise, <laughs> wait a, wait an hour or a day or, or, or not even do it again. <laughs> yeah. Might be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for this. Thank you for taking time to meet with us and share us your great skills. And I look forward to learning more from you. I'm definitely going to check out more of your work. Yeah. Um, so where can people find more information about you? Yeah. Uh, so you can, uh, they can visit my website, www at, uh, www.transformove.com. Transformove.com. They can visit, check, check out my website. Yeah, and you've got a bunch of stuff coming up on YouTube, I think, as well now, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can look up my name, Taro Iwamoto, on YouTube. Uh, T-A-R-O Iwamoto, I-W-A-M-O-T-O. That's my, uh, they can look up uh, my channel, YouTube channel. I have tons of over 200 videos and short movement lessons and exercises and a lot of Feldenkrais movement principles. I definitely recommend so. it. And we'll, like I said, we'll link it up in the, in the blob at the end so people can click instead of having to remember every letter. Thank you so much, Taro. Thank you for, uh, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, Taro. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to us at Touching Into Presence. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. You can find out more about Taro at transformove.com. Please feel free to leave us positive reviews on Apple Podcasts or other podcast aggregators. And please feel free to share us with people you think may be of interest. We're doing this for all of you out there and hope we're making a difference in your world. We look forward to hearing back from you and seeing you on our next episode of Touching Into Presence. Bye-bye.